It is Wednesday. Time for another podcast. It is your All About Nothing weekly fill-in, I guess. Lots going on. Lots to talk about. We'll try to cover as much of it as we can. Um, I can start off with talking about uh, me. Um, So, the past weekend, of course, was... uh, I I had talked about it before, but this past weekend was the... Highland Games and Scottish Gathering, or the Scottish Games and Highland Gathering down in uh, Charleston, South Carolina at the Boone Hall Plantation. And um, I had the best intentions of of going there and helping out the Campbell clan. Uh, We always host a tent, and I had the best of intentions of going and helping out. Um, Unfortunately, I... uh, we had a we had a run of uh, we had a run of um, what can only be described as hand foot mouth disease or virus run through the house, and uh, unfortunately, uh, yours truly wound up uh, coming down with it. Um, and I'll go through all of all of how that felt. All I can tell you right now is if 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 you've ever had it, or if if you know of anyone that has had it or that you have come in contact or come close to anyone that has had it, um, wash continuously, just continuously wash your hands. Don't eat without washing your hands. Don't wash your hands. I do wash your hands. If you come in contact with anybody or anything that you think might have had been touched or been around, uh, anyone that has, uh, had hand, foot, mouth, um, you definitely want to just keep washing and, and do your best to keep yourself clean because it is um, it is horrible. <laughs> it, is, it is absolutely the worst. Um, so just to, just to start out, so uh, both of my girls uh, wound up having it. And um, as uncomfortable as, as it was to see them have it, um, it, is, it is just as uncomfortable to actually have it. Um, so uh, Thursday night and Friday, I had kickball game. Thursday night. By the way, we won twenty to twelve over the team we played. Um, it's not that they were terrible, and it's not that we gave up a whole lot of runs at the beginning or the end of the game. Um, we we had a situation where one of the guys wanted to keep playing and thought that maybe if we allow them to continue scoring runs, that we could extend the the length of the game. That was not really the case. The game is only going to go forty five minutes, regardless of you know how close they get. So anyway, we uh, score ended up being twenty to twelve. Uh, probably would have ended somewhere around 20 to seven um, and would have made us look really, really good. Uh, but unfortunately, <laughs> Brian gave up uh, a bunch of runs just because he thought maybe we'd extend the game. Anyway, so uh, fast forward to Friday morning. Go to work. Don't feel terrible, but feeling um, pretty much exhausted. Um, and throughout the course of the day, uh, that Friday, I, I, I began just to go downhill and, um, I felt like I was unable to even keep my eyes open at times, uh, just sheer exhaustion. And um, when uh, when it came to time to eat lunch, uh, I, I I couldn't bring myself to eat what I had in the refrigerator at work, and I couldn't. <laughs> I went I went out to work. 
or went out to lunch with coworkers, but even sitting at the restaurant, I think I ordered, I ordered three tacos and I barely was able to stomach one of them. And just, I couldn't, I couldn't eat. I, I, I didn't want to drink anything. I was, and, and I attributed it mostly to just exhaustion. I felt like maybe the reason I wasn't feeling well was because I hadn't eaten in several hours. It had been at that point, it had been about 24 hours. Um, but I, 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 I couldn't, uh, I just couldn't stomach eating or drinking. So got back to the office and so I get back to the office after, um, trying to eat and, um, just have a, have just a terrible hard time trying to keep my head up, keep my eyes open. At one point, one of my coworkers walked over to my desk and said, and, and, and like, I guess my head was back and it would look like I was sleeping. At no point was I actually ever sleeping. I was, I was tapping my foot. I was doing whatever it could to keep myself awake. But, um, at one point, uh, Seward walked over and, and he, he tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey, why don't, why don't you just go ahead and head on home? And I said, I said, I can't until we get coverage. So I had to make sure that, uh, Lucas was back in the office before I could head off. And, um, but as soon as, as soon as three o'clock hit and, and Lucas was getting back from lunch, um, I hit the door. Um, I got home and, um, and, 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 laid down for a few minutes before, uh, before my mother and brother arrived, before we start driving down to Charleston. And, um, at that point I still had not really eaten anything. So, um, they came in with, uh, the, uh, the varsity from Atlanta. Um, they stopped in Athens and picked up some hot dogs and chili dogs and whatnot, which, um, that's not really a plug, but it is sort of so. But, um, uh, anyway, so they, they brought food and I did eat some of that. Now we get down to Charleston and I'm, I'm feeling slightly better. I, I, but I do have a fever at that point. So, so here are your symptoms so far, uh, exhaustion and now a fever, uh, couldn't eat. So, um, by Friday night, uh, went to bed after have taking uh, a hot shower, feel slightly better, uh, went to bed, woke up Saturday morning, still didn't feel great. Was, uh, was, was still feeling fairly nauseous, uh, not nauseous, but just exhaustion and, um, wound up, uh, missing the games, did not actually get to go and help. Uh, my mom and brother already were there. So we pretty much just stayed, uh, around the house. Uh, they went out to the beach for a little while and we did some playing in the park and, and, and whatnot. And we had a great time. Um, the underlying issue of course was me not feeling so great now. So, but towards the end of the day on Saturday, I was feeling much better. I honestly thought that I was out of the woods. I thought that I was free and clear and that I was going to begin to feel or that, 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 that what I was feeling was beginning to subside and that I was going to make it through this. And it was not the dreaded hand, foot, mouth. I, I, I thought that maybe I had gotten through and I was not going to be suffering from that. Um, woke up Sunday morning. I was wrong. I woke up Sunday morning to, um, on one of my hands and I can't remember which one exactly it must've been, it must've been my right hand, but I woke up to, um, a couple, what felt like little blisters popping up on my hand. Um, it was, um, it wasn't terrible. And at first I thought, okay, I'm, you know, we were playing in the park. Maybe I got a blister from playing with one of the swings or something. You know, I, I, I tried to downplay it and say it was something else. Um, <laughs> shortly after I took a shower, uh, that morning, I was wrong. My hands were covered, uh, in these tiny little blisters that were beginning to pop up. 
And by the end of the day, Sunday, they were all over. So, of course, I immediately um, thought, well, this is hand, foot, mouth. Um, I went ahead and I contacted uh, my boss uh, as well as my supervisor and let them know what had happened. And that uh, come Monday morning, they may want to have somebody come over and just, you know, Lysol my desk. Um, even though, come to find out, Lysol actually does nothing for viruses. Um, basically, with viruses, it just has to have non-human contact or non-biological contact for a virus just to die off after several hours. But it does take several hours. Um, anyhow, so um, they, uh, so they, so I contact my boss, and then the next morning he contacts me and he says, "Yeah, it's a good thing you're not here because uh, one, uh, they're not going to let you come back to work until you have a cleared note." Which, by the way, as of uh, two o'clock this afternoon, I have a, I have a note from my doctor saying that I can go back to work. Um, and then, uh, but, uh, he said that, uh, that, um, they needed a, uh, a note from my doctor saying that I could come back, but that they were Lysoling my desk and that, um, they were also instituting mandatory Tuesdays and Fridays now are going to be the days in which apparently they go through and they Lysol the office basically because we are approaching that time of year and uh, a lot of people at work have children and because they have children they bring some of what they get at home back to work so completely understandable absolutely get it um so you know in the end uh, i really really hope that i did not get anyone else sick um, both at home and at work and um it was an experience that i hope that i never ever ever have to go through again because um I can I, I could I could post pictures of this and and whatnot but man some of the uh, some of, of the blisters like even on my feet it made it hard to walk because some of these blisters were just so painful and and, and my feet still have blisters um, but they are not uh, apparently the blister is not actually what is communicable it's not it's not where the contagious part of the virus is the blister is just the reaction of the human body trying to expel the virus or fight off the virus so um, but, uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely uncomfortable. Um, if you ever have the opportunity to go through it, don't, uh, do not, uh, if you, if you hear someone has it, avoid them. Um, and, 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 and maybe just for good cause, just if they're the type of person that can develop hand, foot, mouth, that maybe you just want to avoid them anyway. Um, I joked, uh, and it's probably karma because I joked about it and I said that, you know, the possibility that uh, or I I always had heard that hand foot mouth was one of those things you got because you weren't necessarily the most hygienic person um, and of course then I get it and I, I I'm I'm the type that always washes my hands I don't touch uh, doorknobs at work um, I will I I will almost all or you know I won't push the door open using the the press that you know the hand press that you have on the on the doors I will almost always use my feet to push a door open. Um, or if I have to grab a handle, I almost always have uh, a tissue or a paper towel that I grab the door to pull it open with and then throw my paper towel away. So, um, it's not, it's not that I am a germaphobe or anything like that, but I, I've always been aware of other people's hygiene, not in a judgmental type way, but I've, I've always been aware of other people's hygiene. So I've, I've always been cautious to not allow myself to fall victim to someone else's uh, lack of cleanliness and unfortunately in the end it uh, it was my daughters 
that actually brought it on. So, and in the end, it was probably my own stupidity because at one point when I knew that they had it, I, you know, as a parent, you, you, you sit there and you, um, if, if they don't finish their plate, there are times if you have not put together a plate yet, uh, there are times where you'll just take whatever's on their plate and you'll eat it. And, um, that may have been my downfall because one of my daughters specifically did not finish her plate and I put it in my mouth before I was told you don't want to do that. And I spit the food out, but by then it's probably too late. I've, I've contracted it. So anyway, either way that, that is, that is, that is my hand, foot, mouth story. And, um, I am, um, thankful that I have this note that I can go back to work now. So I am, uh, I am excited about that. So to get into a lot of the stuff that's been going on, um, I was forwarded an article, um, this week, uh, earlier this week about, um, climate change. Of course, uh, we're, we're, we're recognizing now that climate change um, clearly has at least something to do with our situation currently. We have had now three uh, tropical storms. Um, all three of them have developed into Category 4 hurricanes, uh, at least. Um, Irma and uh, now Maria, that has just tracked off of the coast of uh, the northern coast of um, Puerto Rico, um, both at one point were at least class five or category five with at least 156 mile an hour power winds. And, and that is something that, that we don't see very often. We, we, it, it's been, it's been, it's been many, many years since we've even seen category five hurricanes in the Eastern Atlantic. And it's been, um, it, it's probably been unrecorded where we've had three that were at least category four and that were back to back. And, and, and we're talking about storms now that have um, made major impact um, on the United States at, 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 the, at a bare minimum. You know, I know Puerto Rico is off the coast and then it's not actually a part of the United States it's a territory. But you have to recognize that it did make landfall today. Maria did as a category five hurricane uh, or a category four strong category four. Um, but it came across the island and it came off and it's still a category four hurricane. So why the mentioning of climate change and, and, and such? Well, here's the situation. Um, one of the things they predict when it comes to climate change in this direction is that we will see more storms that are stronger with higher winds, more rain, and, and sometimes a combination of both. So as it stands right now, Harvey, had all the rain. Harvey sat over Texas and southern Louisiana and dumped trillions of gallons of water on Texas. I mean, to the point where they said that it, you could have covered the United States in water and it would have been somewhere between four and five, four and five inches deep. And, and that is an absolute ton of water. But it's because Harvey came on shore and basically just sat and rotated and rained and rained and rained and rained um, until finally it did um, apparently move back off the coast and then moved back into Louisiana and then headed sort of in an easterly, northeasterly sort of fashion um, where it actually got some rain to places that needed it. But regardless, so so part of climate change isn't necessarily that we're going to see these astronomical storms that, that you know, they, they come and they go. But the idea is that it will produce more storms that are kind of like this, that have the 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 
attributes of these major storms where there's either a an intense level um, and an intense amount of wind or it'll be an intense level and amount of rain. And these storms won't necessarily be affected by the weather around them, which is exactly what we have now. So um, so we've had Harvey that was that was uh, just unbelievable. Um, Irma was um, one of the strongest storms we've seen in the eastern Atlantic. Uh, I'm sorry, the the western Atlantic, um, I guess the southern Atlantic basin. Anyway, where we're at, where we get most of our storms. So uh, Irma was one of the strongest storms that we have seen. Um, I, 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 some people were saying it's the strongest storm we've ever seen. It wasn't necessarily the storm with the lowest pressure, and that's generally how they grade these storms as far as strength is by how low their pressure dips. And I don't think Irma captured that one, but we did see we did see sustained winds uh, up around 185 miles an hour, which, you know, if if that was on shore. If, if 185 miles an hour was on shore, and let's say it was a tornado, that tornado has the possibility of being an EF3 tornado, which is a major tornado. And, and, and you have to imagine that 185 mile an hour per winds crossed over some of these cities, uh, some of these islands and, and cities and whatnot in the, um, in the Bahamas and in the Lesser Antilles. And, and I think I think they're still saying that Barbados is basically just a complete loss at this point, that there are there are no there are no buildings that are standing that structurally could support human life at this time. Um, there will not be electricity in some of these places easily for months. I mean, months, possibly years, um, but but definitely months. Um, Puerto Rico right now has 100 uh, percent electrical loss. So there is there is zero electricity on the island of Puerto Rico right now. Um, that means that however many people live in Puerto Rico literally have no electricity. They have no way of of um, besides possibly boiling water. But, the, you know, there's no water. There's no electricity. In fact, I think even after Hurricane Irma passed by, I believe that um, that a lot of the water that had been transitioned and moved to Puerto Rico for Irma wound up being moved to um, some of the uh, the Saint Islands uh, that uh, suffered such catastrophic losses because Irma sort of just skated north of Puerto Rico before but um, so they moved a lot of their bottled water to the locations that needed it well now they're gonna need it so you know but but talking about climate change that's sort of one of the things that that really is going to be um, big in the years to come, because um, as I started out by saying, Reuters published an article uh, this week that was forwarded to me that basically is 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 saying that the worst case study is um, is the global. Uh, currently, scientists are, are are looking into the possibility of the worst case scenarios, and one of the worst case scenarios that apparently began being looked into uh, was possibility that maybe we haven't been given all the information that uh, has been available as far as uh, some of this climate change uh, information coming out. Um, and one of the things that's being um, discussed right now is in an article um, titled uh, Worst Case Study, uh, Global Temp Up 7.2 Degrees Fahrenheit by the 2060s. Okay, so here's the thing. When a lot of these reports came out or when, when we began measuring, you know, one of the, the, the red line was 2 degrees Celsius. 
We, we did not want to see a temperature rise of two degrees Celsius um, because at that point we had hit no man's land. We, we At that point, we had hit a point um, where it was unrecoverable. And they were saying the possibility of hitting that was somewhere in the next millennium. So we were looking at the possibility that this could happen by the year 2100. Um, we did not want to hit it. So the Paris Accord was an agreement among almost all of the developed countries basically saying that we would work to make sure that we would stay below that two degrees Celsius mark, that we would we would work to reduce emissions and our carbon footprint so that we would keep the temperature below that two degree Celsius level. Um, and according to this report, it is highly likely that we will fly past that two degree Celsius level. We will go to four degrees Celsius um, increase before the year 2060. And at that point, we're not talking about just um, glacier melt and, 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 and ice melt all over the world. Um, we're talking about ice not being even existing. I mean, you know, within uh, w- with a rise of 7.2 degrees Fahrenheit or 4 degrees Celsius, you're looking at the possibility of uh, Antarctica being uh, a continent without ice on it um, before the year 2100. So there's there's a lot going on, and it seems as though we may not be getting all the information that uh, that is available as far as you know what's going on at this point. It seems as though um, we're no longer in a preventative stage. It seems like we may be moving into a well. This is the reality, and now we have to figure out how to protect lives and interests um, in sea towns and places like that. That that are going to be the most affected by it. One of the things I don't think that people seem to grasp when, when, when we start talking about timelines and things like that, when it comes to um, the changes that are going to occur over the course of the next um, hundred years is that when you look at a, the possibility of having a, a temperature rise um, of two degrees to four degrees uh, Celsius over the course of what what is now what what had been limited to at one point um, not limited but had been expanded to the possibility that we would not see this uh, temperature sort of sort of temperature change until um, sometime around the year twenty one hundred um, was one one of the things I you, you would hear was well this is a problem that our grandchildren will have to deal with but by bringing that timeline all the way down to the year twenty sixty you are now looking at a timeline that impacts Gen Xers and, and, and the, the generation uh, that came, that came after generation X and generation Y and then the millennials. So this isn't, this isn't something that's going to affect us um, or, or it's not going to, it's not going to just affect our children and our grandchildren and our grandchildren's children, but we're looking at something that actually is going to affect us now. So, you know, you have coastal towns from Miami to New York into Maine on the east coast of the United States that that will not exist if we have the type of temperature rise that they're talking about. And in in this article, it's in Reuters. um, You you can find it. Just do a search for 7.2 degrees Fahrenheit. And and I guarantee you it will pull up the article. But, you know, they they, in here, they, they talk about it being such a rapid rise 
that within the lifetimes of many of the young people today, uh, it's a it's a doubling of the two degrees Celsius ceiling, which which the governments and the UN all said two degrees is is where we need to cap this. Two degrees is is you know, you know higher than that. You're talking about the possibility of of uh, agriculture suffering because the temperature uh, uh, a, a an average of two degrees rise in temperature is going to be devastating for agriculture. Um, not only not only the growing of plants and things like that, but for livestock. I mean, you know, cows and things like that. And and the problem is, is that the the people that are currently in charge, the the politicians that that are making the decisions that will impact us and our children and our grandchildren and our grandchildren's children, you know, those people are all of an age where it won't even matter. They they won't be here for this. And I think that's the mindset that a lot of them have is this idea that it doesn't really matter because I'm not going to have to deal with it. I'll be dead, you know, and, and, and as far as worrying about how my children and grandchildren and grandchildren's children are going to have to deal with these things, you know, it's, it's, it's all about profit. It's all about, you know, we have a president right now that is, is, is so hard up on trying to, um, deregulate the, 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 um, the, the, the uh, industries and, and, and allowing pollution and things like that to, to go forward almost unchecked. And, and, and his, his mentality in this whole thing is it, it, it's, it's to bolster our economy. It's to, to make things better, um, for the economy to bring about jobs and, and allow for, um, you know, if it, it, this idea that if you don't have regulation, that the companies aren't limited to, having to keep themselves in check when it comes to pollution. And there are so many companies that that when when he said that he was going to begin to um, deregulate like the EPA having to to you know not go out and do checks on these groups and, and then com- corporations and things like that, you know it, it was it was in the the idea was that it was gonna it was gonna bring about more jobs and and there are so many of these companies that that came right out and said no we're, we're there's nothing for us to that deregulation or, um, or or allowing us to pollute more isn't gonna bring about more jobs it doesn't it, it's you know, so if you have a plant that has um, scrubbers that is that has to scrub the pollution that's coming off of, of their smokestacks, um, you know, if if deregulation if deregulation of those occurs and they don't necessarily have to scrub anymore, you know, what happens to the jobs of the people that had to maintain those scrubbers or that had to uh, service those scrubbers? You know, if if deregulation occurs for them and they no longer have to maintain them, don't those jobs go away? And what jobs it is exactly that you're replacing uh, with that? You know, one of the big things that he talked about over and over was how he's going to bring coal back. He was going to bring coal back and that it was going to brew. It was going to it was going to bring back a new age in coal here in the United States, which is just ridiculous. The, the idea that you can deregulate and allow jobs to come back in for coal is nonsense because the jobs didn't necessarily go away because of regulation. The jobs went away because of automation. We, we, we no longer send thousands of miners underground to, to, to pull coal out of the earth. We, we send in machinery. We, we level mountains for coal. Now there's, 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 there is so little work involved in actual human digging that, that it, it's, it's, it's asinine and it's almost like he didn't do any of his homework before he started saying these things, you know? Um, and, and I, I realize I say that 
knowing full well that he did absolutely no homework. He found a talking point somewhere and decided to run with it. And for some reason, a majority of these coal workers, knowing that their jobs didn't go away because of regulation, knowing that they didn't lose their jobs because the government said they were digging too much, they, they know that their jobs went away because of automation. So if you want to blame anybody, blame blame the industry, the robotics industries, blame blame those blame progression, blame, you know, invention, blame, blame those things. But, you know, so we're what what we're going to wind up having to concentrate now on because we're going to see temperature rises that, that are going to raise the sea levels is what we're going to have to focus now on is environmental protection from things like um, tides because what we're going to have to do is what they do in places like uh, the Netherlands where they have literally built seawalls to prevent the, um, the, the, the forward progress of the tides. You have tides now in, in, in the northern sections of Europe that will sometimes come up seven, eight feet higher than they did years ago. And, and it's just, it's, it's ridiculous to think that we're going to be able to hold that back. That is a lot of water, but there are things in the works to protect our seashores and protect um, things like that. Because otherwise, what we're going to have is mass migration away from the coast. And 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 when we when we have mass migration like that, it affects uh, the economy. People people move away from the coast and they have to move inland. And when they move inland, they have to find jobs. And if they can't find jobs, then they became then they become a refugee in their own country. And, and, and that's the type of thing that we're looking at. So, um, you know, this has sort of been a doom and gloom sort of talk this evening, but, um, uh, I'm hoping that, um, you at least recognize that, uh, that these changes are coming. And, and, and while it seems like maybe there's not a whole lot we can do to stop what is coming, um, we do have the ability to at least vote in people that are going to be affected by the changes that are coming because, you know, you look at the senators and, and, and congressmen that are in place right now. And, and I truly don't believe that most of them care much about what's going to be coming because it does not affect them. You know, you look at somebody like Senator Lindsey Graham, who has no children, uh, has no grandchildren. So it, it, it doesn't seem like it's something that would really affect him. Donald Trump, he's got kids, but you know, he doesn't care, you know, he'll be able to move to an ivory tower that's further inland or higher up or whatever. So th these are things that regular people have the ability to vote and we can elect people that are thinking about the future and how these changes are going to affect them and us. So anyway, um, that is going to do it for this week. Uh, I appreciate you listening. We'll be back next week and we'll do a whole show and hopefully it'll be funnier or less doom and gloom, more entertaining, more uh, whatever, but uh, we'll do it again. You have been listening to the all about nothing podcast. As always, I am your host Barrett. Um, hopefully um, you'll come around again. Uh, always, as always follow me on Twitter at Barrett Gruber. If you have any comments or anything, just go ahead and send me a message and um, would uh, love to hear any feedback you might have. So, we will do it again next week. Thanks for listening.
The All About Nothing podcast is a member of the GOT Podcast Network.